0: Working from home, to many people around the world, it's a completely new way of working. To others, it's old news. It might be that you're loving it. It might be that you're struggling to adjust. If you're used to working in an office environment, you're probably used to the energy of that space, the hustle and bustle, the gossip about the weekend's activities, those water cooler chats. So what happens when you're no longer in that space? How does the energy change? How does your energy change? And how do we stay energized when we're physically separated? To help me answer those questions, I'm joined by one of the most energetic people I know. He's like the bunny of a well-known battery manufacturer. Manny Laranis is a lead designer and facilitator with over 10 years' experience at Impact. He delivers custom client solutions globally from graduates to senior leaders, virtually or face-to-face. So today we're going to talk about uh, staying energized at home. Um, working from home particularly Uh, the first question is where does your energy come from where do you get it from
1: there's there's definitely two main factors if I were to boil it down and keep it simple one is around the psychology of it right Uh, the things that go on in my brain and interconnected with that is the physical side of it so what, what do I do physically to keep my physical energy up but also how do I manage myself in terms of my psychological energy the things that deplete my internal battery and the things that you know uh fill it back up or charge it back up if we were to kind of continue that battery analogy as you so appropriately compared me to the energizer bunny (laughs) in the intro (laughs) it's keeping an eye on and being intentional with how i take care of myself both physically and mentally okay so take me through a standard day working from home for you my normal day is uh one it's really important that I get the right amount of sleep. So for me personally, this is gonna sound almost too specific, but it's seven and a half hours. I even, it got to a point where I figured out, you know, how much time before I went to sleep, if I were to eat too soon. So what's kind of the target for me to eat? I would test out different things I do in the last hour uh, often, I think sometimes people would nickname it like the golden hour, the hour before you fall asleep. I can tell immediately, I already know. Uh, and that, that sometimes causes anxiety, but I'm going to bed too late and I know I have to get up early. Uh, I, I, if I'm being totally honest, last night is a good example. I only got about seven hours. Um, and although I feel pretty good, it, it'll I'll start noticing the difference about
0: 5 p.m. today. I wonder if there's something about, you're aware now that seven and a half hours is like your perfect sleep. So how does that affect your day? If you go, I only got seven hours, how, I mean, is that, is that extra half an hour or is that half an hour makes such a difference to you that it would like ruin your day or how, how does that work? For me, it doesn't have a huge
1: impact, but I, as I admitted earlier, I, if, I, if I allow it to, it can create additional anxiety. And so I take it as just knowledge and I do my best to use that knowledge intentionally, but I don't, you know, again, last night, I knew I was working a little late And I reconciled with that, I was like, hey, that's fine, I'll just get to bed as soon as I can, and I was able to, Um, no big deal. But I can see how others, I I actually have colleagues and friends who, very similar, take their sleep very serious, and yeah, they will stop a conversation midway on a phone and say, sorry, gotta go, I need to wind down. (laughs) So slightly less flexible, but that's okay. One thing I'll quickly say now, because I know, again, I could probably go too long answering (laughs) that first question, I've never been the kind of person that really plans out their day too much, um, and, and that's hurt me, especially professionally at times, because I, I allow things to distract me quite easily, and therefore I just feel less productive, and that, that's an energy depleter for me, you know, toward the end of the day. Uh, a strategy, I've, I've, been, I've been testing out so many different things, but one that has really worked for me is called time boxing, and the whole idea, so step one is really changing your mindset around how you look at time and it's all about looking at your daily calendar, your daily diary as asking yourself this question, you know, am I spending my time doing things that truly add value in my personal and professional life or am I just spending time? And once I was really able to uh, let that kind of question embed in my brain and use it as my mindset, um, I became a real big fan of this thing called time boxing, which I'm gonna share with you kind of the gist of it, but it's gonna seem drastic. You basically, uh, you open up your diary calendar and you almost fill up the whole day. So you intentionally fill up, you know, what are you doing? So if you open mine, you'll see from 10 p.m. to uh, 6.30 a.m. I have sleep. <laughs> so I actually time box, like what's my goal for And Even though I don't look at that often, it's uh, the act of doing it is kind of like at least you know, putting finger to computer and saying, right, this is a commitment of mine. And so if you looked at my calendar, it's almost all filled up in any white space is my intentional time to be distracted, is to get online, look at the news, watch a funny video, the book that I read that really helped me make meaning of this. To the point where it's worth a try it was called Indistractable. Highly recommend it. It's, it's a great book and it talks it probably spends more time on the mindset and attitude piece before it talks about the just the, the you know the actual act of time boxing and some of the tools that it it, um, it provides. And it's all about helping you manage your distractions, right? And and it being more aware of why you get distracted in the first place. Like why why do you give in to distraction
0: uh, in the first place? Wow, that's quite a regimented approach to your day. So what happens when something doesn't go to plan, when something gets disrupted?
1: At minimum, when they don't happen, again, I just, I learned from it. The first three days when um, I was doing more work from home than usual, 60% of what I had t- I had planned to do, I had time boxed, was not getting done. And so it just gave me a chance to reflect on that. And at first figure out, okay, is this still right? One, is it fit for purpose? And two, what's, what's, what's happening? Why am I not able to do things that I was really excited about getting done that next day.
0: I, yeah, fascinated. I, it's, I'm trying to sort of pick apart how your brain works. <laughs> I don't never do any of those things, but maybe that's something that I should do. A lot of what you said about energy and specifically when it it involves like a change to your day to day is commitment first and motivation comes second because a lot of if i use cycling as a as an analogy right when i got back into cycling I, I f- uh a lot of you kind of say well it's it's you really need the motivation to do it whereas a friend of mine said well actually if you commit to it then the motivation will come second and i think you can apply that to a lot
1: yeah I, you know i've never heard it stated that way but i wholeheartedly agree and i each time I time box something whether it's a, a something that's going to add value in my personal life in my my relationships professional or personal or in work I've made a commitment and, and you know now that you've said that you know it, it's so true now because I'm more likely to do it because I've kind of committed it's it exists in my calendar and as you know our calendars are public um, and so just knowing it's out there in the you know in the interwebs you know other people can see it it's kind of my way of also kind of stating saying to the world hey look here are some of my commitments and it helps because people, you know, oftentimes we just look at each other's calendars in book time, (laughs) you know, it's like, Hey, let's connect Tuesday. I'll go ahead and look at your calendar and figure out when you're available. I think the other piece you mentioned about. If
0: nothing else, that's a good way to look busy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Maybe. All right. I'll fill up my calendar just so that people don't bother me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: The other thing I was going to mention, you mentioned motivation and you know, for me, That is such a huge piece. I've always been fascinated. You know, years ago, I picked up this book. I mean, we're talking when I was 21, when I really first got into outdoor adventure, honestly. Uh, A a gentleman that was about to retire from outdoor adventure handed me this book, Why We Do What We Do. That was the title. It was an old book. It was written in the 80s by these two researchers. Uh, One one was D-E-C-I. I remember that. The other gentleman, I remember his first name, Ryan. Um, I forget his last name, but never the. You, I mean, with uh, those two clues, you can find it. I think what I loved about this book is that although it was highly academic, it shared a lot of stories about the studies that they performed, and it was all about with uh, intrinsic motivation. So, what really drove us intrinsically, and how you can use that? Because in the end, their conclusion was intrinsic motivation is is like ten times more powerful than entr- extrinsic motivation. Things like money. You know fame that kind of stuff and um and i think innately a lot of us believe that but it takes work sometimes to figure out well what really taps into that intrinsic motivation one way is to figure out what are things you can spend time doing that really add value that when you commit to them does that that commitment alone gets you excited and then doing the act gets you really excited what's something you contribute to that you have talent behind and that you can get really excited about. For me, I've been intentionally exploring that for a long time and I actively, uh, once I find things that really tap into my intrinsic motivation, I I intentionally place them throughout my week. I focus on not being distracted during the week and that really drives me one certain way, feeds me a lot of energy, but I also need that weekend to be totally free because uh, that, that alone gives me a lot of energy. So kind of week by week, it's quite balanced. I never feel exhausted. Like I know this is gonna sound almost obnoxious, but I I I sometimes look forward to Monday because it's
0: gonna bring a different kind of challenge. You're right about that. And I think that uh, I I would totally agree about if you can if you can do something to to change it so that instead instead of dreading Mondays you look forward to them, you're on to a winner, aren't you, for sure. If you were to pick three key things that people listening to this can change or do to to stay energized and then look forward to monday what would they be putting you on the spot here
1: yeah um all right i'll start i'll start with one that maybe is obvious to folks uh is your health i mean that's it's such a big factor and oftentimes in such subtle ways i'd encourage everybody to take that you know to really you know assess you know how intentional are they in taking care of the, their physical selves? Yeah. If I were to recommend a book uh, on this topic of health in general, it would be a, a book titled "Eat, Move, Sleep." Uh, a book written by Tom Rath. Health is number one. Number two, you actually mentioned it, which is I didn't. I haven't overtly talked about it too much, but it's connection. It's really Figuring out and asking yourself, who are key people in your life that you want to stay connected to or even, dare I say, need to stay connected to that really impact your psychological energy, right? Kind of your just outlook of the day. Staying connected to my my personal relationships are really important. And I, I struggled with that for a long time. I was the kind of person that let that slip if I'm not being intentional, and only in the last year I've actually made, I've, I've put a lot more energy into that and it's had a huge impact on my psychological state um, and, of course, my, my general psychological energy. So I'd encourage everybody to really, if necessary, get out a piece of paper, ask yourself who are kind of key people in my life that I, I, I just I feel good when I connect with them, especially one on one. Right. Yeah. I'm talking less about those group connections. I know that's been happening a lot. Uh Now that so many teams are working uh, to you know remotely, and that's great. I'm not saying that's not, that that's not good, but pay attention to how different it is when you conclude a one on one with either a peer, a friend, or a relative. and just ask yourself like what is my my psychological state after that call compared to even a group call and yeah. I'm sure you'll all start noticing everyone will start noticing that it's different, and it's worth intentionally making time throughout
0: your day uh, to have those connections. I can absolutely relate to that. So when I'm in the office, I'm usually there a little bit early, uh, and equally, a colleague of mine is is there first thing too. And we always would have that chat about, you know, what did you get up to last night? Anything interesting, or like, how are you? How's things with you? What you get? And it's that one person, mm-hmm. and then suddenly, we're not having that morning chat that we wouldn't be. So, I, and we just happened to to have a, a chat about something else this week, and we're going, oh yeah that's something that we aren't doing at the moment like and it and it does like you say totally change the start to your day and i think what's probably equally important is the start that we as at the moment things are challenging right so uh, and that's no secret uh, we as a monday we have a monday morning meeting and i was saying to to the people that run that i was like right it'd be really good if we can finish that on a high Let's finish, you know that the and finally section of the news, you know, is, <laughs> because at the end of the Monday morning meeting mm-hmm. is usually the start of people's weeks. So why would you want to go? Everything's challenging at the moment. Have a great week. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't work, does it? Um, so I think that that's something that if you are in a position where you are in control of those things, if you if the, if that's all it takes to to make somebody's week better, then surely that's an easy fix. And I, I know that on that, I think we're seeing loads of good things out of this at the moment. Like we're, for example, I've started a podcast, um, <laughs> you know, and it's people are, uh, people are finding creative and new ways of working. Then when you see other people, like you said, other people getting excited about those things, then you can start going, oh, well, yeah, we could do this. And so we're seeing like people be creative and come up with new ideas and yeah. one idea gets developed and we're seeing this organic development of kind of ideas and things happening around the world. What's number three? <laughs> yeah,
1: number three, take the time if you, if you haven't yet to really understand your preferences. There's so many assessments out there. Myers-Briggs is a popular one that has to do with, you know, in, innate preferences. DISC, which is very similar. Insights this is another really popular one. And then a slew of others. Um, I always tell people, because I'm certified in a lot of these, this is not the truth about you, but there's a lot of things in here that might ring true but generally the goal is that it helps you get curious about yourself. And over time, you'll be able to confirm, you know, what you might consider the truth. So understand your preferences, your innate preferences, uh, your preferences in, in different situations and use that information proactively, right? This is kind of the, the basis of emotional intelligence. It's the better understanding yourself and your reactions to things and your emotions. You use that as data then to make different kinds of decisions that would be more advantageous in those different situations. So a couple of ones that I brought up. I need to be outdoors every day. I need to feel the sun. It used to be that I would always be walking around outside whether I was here or in another city because I would either walk to the venue or I would walk to the office here in the city. Um, Now that I'm not walking to the office, that I'm not traveling, I've had to create a new routine to make sure that I get my, my outdoor time. So every morning after I wake up, one of the first things I do is I take Fiona, my pup around the park and sometimes I'll go for about an hour. And I'll try to always get more, but it just feels really good. Like it just starts my day in the right place, starting, you know, that walk outside and spending a little time with, with, with the pup. Uh, That's also kind of a piece of it as well. Pretty famous gentleman, Daniel Pink, while ago wrote a book called uh, drive the truth about motivation. So again, another one about motivation and how that plays a role in energy. And the three things he mainly talked about was autonomy, mastery, and purpose. And I think, innately when, when the more you think about those three things it's it's pretty much true for all human beings we all thrive when we're really clear on you know on what we're doing so think about the crisis i know for me the hump was i it just flipped my whole my whole world And i i became unclear and what's what's actually priority here what's my goal for the day what's my purpose on x y and z activity so i had to, I had to kind of pull back i had to slow down and really assess like you know what am I doing here because I just felt I was spending a lot of energy but nothing was getting done I wasn't making progress you know we all seem to have that preference around purpose so be really clear with yourself about you know what are you doing that day is it is it aligning with your purpose both personally and your purpose for you know the, your role and your remit at work potentially the other is autonomy um I think actually here's you talked about innovation here's an opportunity. Uh, to create and construct your day with more autonomy kind of what's your goal with your family throughout the day especially during these kind of wacky times where you know you could have everybody at home at once and it'd be quite challenging to uh to do what you you know to plan your day and meet your plan and finally it's mastery which is you know i'm lucky i i was able to intentionally work my way through my young career my early career and land somewhere doing something that i really enjoyed that that allow me to do something that I felt I had talent behind, and I'm excited about becoming more of a master in the work that I do. Now we're in an opportunity to test things out that we normally wouldn't. You mentioned earlier how this, this environment has become an engine for innovation. I say use that personally, how this has put a lot of us in uncomfortable situations. So use that as now our kind of own little laboratory to test out you know, what, what kind of change up in my routine that might impact my energy in a different way, test things out, test, iterate, uh, and apply, right. And have fun with it. I I think it it really, this kind of situation, yes, can be daunting, but can also give us a really good excuse to some testing some things out that might impact our energy in a positive way.
0: So have fun with it. Awesome. Thanks, Manny. I think it's definitely clear to anybody who's never met Manny that, as you can probably hear that his energy is insane uh, in a good way, in a good way. One thing I'm going to ask you to do is what would your mic drop statement be? Oh my God. <laughs> Come on, Ronnie, we've got to end the podcast. On a-,
1: a mic drop statement. So normally a mic drop statement is kind of like, boom, I just said something insanely clever.
0: Go on then. So your challenge.
1: Um, <clears throat> my mic drop statement.
0: All right, give me a moment here. (laughs) And sadly, that's all we've got time for. Thanks, Manny. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I got one, I got one. So I truly believe that if you
1: currently have the mindset and attitude that you can't control your energy, you can't control your attitude at the beginning or end of the day, hoping and waiting things will change, blaming other people for why maybe my day isn't going the way I want it to go, and even though I have moments like that, because I'm human, to me, that's playing the role of the victim. So our focus today was energy, uh, but I encourage all of you, when you feel yourself playing the role of the victim, use that as a, as a, as a moment to stop and reflect and ask yourself, what can I do about it?
0: That's an excellent mind drop moment. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. I did my best. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much. All right, friend. It was fun. So there you have it. A massive thank you to Manny for sharing some of the things that he does to harness the most energy he can to help him get through the week. If you are in need of some more energy in your life, and let's face it, apart from Manny, most of us are, what can you change to give you that much needed energy? Sleep, health, time boxing your calendar, connect with a person that you benefit from talking to, figure out your preferences, what works and what doesn't. Even if you can work on one of these things and it benefits you, it's got to be worth it. We've got a whole host of amazing content on our website and on our social media threads, so be sure to check those out. And if you want to find out more about Impact or what we can offer to help you and your organisation, please visit our website at impactinternational.com. Take care and thanks for listening.